2: Hello, folks. Colm Kelly here from RotoViz Overtime, a podcast I host along with Sean Siegel. And in just a little moment, we'll jump straight into the podcast. Before we do so, I want to let you know as a loyal podcast listener, you can save yourself 10% of a RotoViz NFL pass right now on the RotoViz.com website. It gives you access to all of our content and tools. All you have to do is add the code 2020RVRadio at checkout or by going to RotoViz.com forward slash podcast for more information. And of course while you're listening to the podcast on the network helps us out a lot if you can rate and review on your favorite podcast app i really do appreciate that as i mentioned at the start wrote of his overtime with sean Siegel twice a week if you haven't already checked it out be sure to do so after this show but let's get straight into it enjoy the podcast
1: Going into the week three of the fantasy football season and, uh, boy, lot on pack in week two. Who better to do it than FFPC veteran Mike Forresta. Mike, welcome back to the show, man. Thanks, Eric. Good to be here. It's uh, it, it was, yeah, I don't, it was just, you know, the injuries obviously were, were a, a huge aspect of week two. But then there was just some weirdness to it. You know, I don't know if you saw that. That onside kick with the Falcons and the Cowboys. I didn't know what was going on there with, with the Falcons just waiting for the Cowboys to pounce on it. Just a lot of nonsense going on in week two. And, and obviously the, the injuries were, were the headline. Um, usually, the, in my opinion, this has been my history, and I think that you're, you have enjoyed this over the years. The best high-stakes players usually find a way to capitalize on when, when players go down, finding the right players to go with. Um, I want to start off with Christian McCaffrey. Uh, his replacement for the next four to six weeks, according to the injury experts, is going to be Mike Davis. Uh, are we looking at, at a top 20 running back here going forward? He did have eight catches in this last game. Um, did we see peak Mike Davis? Are they going to do something else here? How do you
3: read this Carolina situation? I, I think uh, just to touch on what you were talking about in terms of high stakes players and capitalizing on situations, I think a lot of that starts off in the draft, Eric. Um and, and now we're going to find out like who who protected themselves, who drafted for depth those those you know 15 to 20th round picks that um, many seem to go on auto pick for probably <laughs> shouldn't uh, and they probably should be looking to fill those uh those spots with some upside uh guys and you're seeing the evidence of that right now with all of these injuries um i I did back up um Christian McCaffrey with Mike Davis uh, in, the, in the share that I have of him. Um, I, I'm not going to say that I'm confident that he will be a top 20 running back. Uh, however, uh, it does appear as though he's going to have a three-down roll. Um, and when, uh, when McCaffrey went out in the fourth uh, quarter, he did get eight targets, which is an insane amount of targets for, for less than a quarter of football. So uh, I, I think you can, you can confidently plug him into your lineup. I think expecting top 20 production may not be realistic. Um, uh, and I don't think he's going to become... There are really only a couple of running backs that never come off the field, and we lost two of them this week in Barkley and, uh, and, and McCaff. Um, I, I don't think Mike Davis is going to all of a sudden become that type of a player. I do think they'll probably try to work in Trenton Cannon, and I'm assuming they're going to sign Reggie Bonifon off their practice squad and he actually did some stuff last year too, so um, I think Mike Davis will be solid, but I don't—I wouldn't expect the world from him.
1: Hey, uh, let's talk about um, the the Giants situation because I think this is more interesting, quite frankly. You, you, we we saw what Deion Lewis did after Barkley uh, tore his ACL, and boy, I'm really concerned about that knee going forward for Dynasty too. Um, are you all in on Deion Lewis? Uh, is Wayne Gallman going to be active next week, or do you think the Giants are going to sign somebody like Devontae Freeman? to sort of gum up the works and and make none of these guys fantasy valuable. What about
3: the Giants running back situation going forward? Well, I think the Giants running back situation is, is more concerning for me than, than in Carolina. And it's, it starts with the fact that Saquon Barkley couldn't get anything going when he was healthy. Um, Now, granted, they had a couple of tough matchups and they have another one this week in the Niners, but, um, but although the Niners defense is pretty banged up uh, themselves, uh, but the fact that Barkley couldn't get anything going makes me very concerned about, uh, Dion Lewis. Uh, I expect him more in like a third down role. That's, that's been his history throughout his career. Um, you know, he, he was s- sort of in that role last year with the Titans with, with the very middling results. Uh, so I can't, I can't say that I expect him to be, um, a superstar. I do think he will have some PPR value. Um, Gallman Gallman is someone who is a little bit perplexing. I I did draft some shares of Gallman uh, to back up Barkley because I was hearing great things in preseason, but then he was a healthy scratch last week. So now we don't really know where he stands. And that's why you're hearing maybe rumors of Devonta Freeman coming in. I think if he comes in, I think this is a mess that most fantasy owners are going to want to try to avoid uh, unless it's absolutely necessary. The problem being that it's going to be absolutely necessary for some folks because there's just so many injuries out there.
1: Yeah, there really is. There really is. And and another one, as we shift to the receivers, is Paris Campbell. Um, a good news is he didn't tear his ACL. I guess that's the the, <laughs> the silver lining in this cloud. But he is going to miss some games with some bit damage uh, to his knee. How much interest do you have now knowing that
3: Campbell's going to be out or while
1: Campbell's going to be out in flexing out a guy like Michael Pittman?
3: Well, it's a shame on Paris Campbell. That was a, a guy I really had high hopes for this year, and I really thought I had gotten some great value on him in some drafts, and uh, it, it's, it just seems to be all uh, down the tubes for right now. Uh, Pittman is interesting to me. I do think, you know, rookie-wide receivers do have a little bit of a steep learning curve. Um, there's a guy there by the name of Zach Pascal who I think um, will do something, uh, and T.Y. Hilton has not really been performing the way you would expect either. I don't know if maybe there's a chemistry issue there with um with the new quarterback Phillip Rivers. Pittman is someone who I would I would uh, what they call uh, um you know pick up and stash, <laughs> you know. I think he's someone who I'm interested in to emerge maybe over the next couple of weeks, but I'm not sure I would rely on him immediately. I think uh if he and Rivers can develop some chemistry, he could have value say down the road in weeks 8 eight and on and maybe even be a factor as we head into um you know the ffpc playoffs just curiously
1: i i know paris camel's not a rookie uh, um but michael Pittman is and um jerry judy is cd lamb is are you surprised given the the weird off season that we had this this with no preseason are you surprised by the output of some of these rookie receivers uh, we had rookie running backs really in general because i thought they'd be um starting off much slower than they have they really haven't by and large right
3: no, I, I think I think you're seeing you're seeing some great performances, and and you, you have to remember it's the, the veterans didn't have preseason either, and talent, you know, it has a way of showing up when preparation is limited, right? Because you know that if you if you're a, if you're a defensive coach, you're trying to neutralize a talent, and you have the time to come up with a scheme to do it. Uh, you're probably going to be better served than uh, just sort of lining up and and almost like a pickup style, like who's going to uh, win is probably going to be the player with the more talent. Um, So I do think that some of these higher talent wideouts and running backs are having some success right now because uh, everyone's a little rusty, even the coaches.
1: Yeah, indeed. Indeed, for sure. Um, Tight ends. Let's talk about them. Two big situations opened up here in the nfl this past week you have blake jarwin out for the year um and dalton schultz stepped and caught nine balls uh in his first game as the starter for dallas you had cj uzama who was kept he he had seven catches on thursday night against cleveland he goes out for the year with a torn achilles drew sample comes in and in limited action catches seven balls there so who do you like better
3: mike for the rest of the season in these tight end premium ffpc leagues So sometimes when we're, when we're looking at, uh, at, at football players and we do all of this research and all of this analysis in the off season. And for us, uh, for us high stakes players, uh, it was all on paper as we, um, had no preseason games to watch. Um, very little coming out of practice that you could, that you could use. Sometimes the most important thing uh, to look at in fantasy football is what I call the eye test. Like, well, how did it look? Um, And boy, I'll tell you what, Dalton Schultz sure looked like he was going to be a huge part of that offense and maybe even stepping into the Blake Jarwin role, who I had high hopes for this year. He was a huge part of that Cowboys thrilling comeback. So um, that offense is so dynamic. I I do think that if I had to choose between the two, it would certainly be Schultz I'd be bidding on in uh, free agency this week. However... Uh, you know, a, a rookie quarterback does tend to lean on their tight end, and I think Joe Burrow is going to lean on Sample uh, just in the same way that, that he did on that Thursday night game. Um, for this week particularly, Sample gets the Eagles, who just gave up three touchdowns to uh to Higby, uh, and I, as I understand it, Higby only ran 12 routes and scored three times. So um, so that that's a pretty good matchup for him, whereas Dalton Schultz runs into Seattle this week, and Seattle has only given up, I think, three receptions to tight ends the entire two games. So, so maybe for this week, uh, Sample might have the better matchup, but I think for going forward, um, I, I would try to add uh, a Schultz, especially in a format like the FFPC, where we have Uh, you know, a tight end accelerator.
1: We got uh, more brutal news um, with, uh, with Cortland Sutton yesterday. You know, he was dealing with that shoulder early in the season. Now he has a significant knee injury. He tore his ACL. He's done for the year. Jeff Driscoll is going to be the quarterback throwing for Denver uh, going forward until Drew Locke gets healthy enough to get back in there. So how, how close is Jerry Judy to being must start now with no Cortland Sutton, but Jeff Driscoll
3: uh, throwing him the rock? So anytime, anytime I hear the word must start, uh, I, I think that you, it has to be heard in the context of the league you play in, the depth of the league you play in, um, and your per- particular roster construction. Um, you know that, that being said, I do think that uh, Jerry Judy is someone who I will be starting in many leagues. Um, the scouting report on him that I have read is that he is a tremendous route runner. And um, I think even, you know, being a rookie, even if you're a tremendous route runner, I think you can certainly make an impact. Uh, without Sutton there, uh, he's going to be the number one target share most likely. I know Noah Font is going to chew up his fair number of targets, and I like, like him as well. But I'd be starting Judy where I had him unless I had, you know, uh, someone very significant ahead of him in my uh, in my depth chart.
1: I just, yeah, I mean, I, I look at it from the standpoint of, you know, outside of Noah Fant, you know, who who's the threat there in Denver? I know Tim Patrick is, is probably going to be starting going forward, but it's Tim Patrick, you know? I mean, he's he'll probably make some plays here or there. I don't know how much you can trust him. Jerry, Judy, and Noah Fant are the two pedigreed guys in that lineup, and I expect uh, them to be moving the ball for them going forward. Yeah, uh, another KJ interesting
3: – uh, K.J. Hamler has been added there as well. And I think he, he was a high high draft pick, so he might have some, some, some usage in the slot. And, and and Hamler
1: too is the field stretcher, right? So I mean, he's going to open things up for Judy, and and uh, he's going to open up things for Fant for underneath as well. Um, and then don't forget about Melvin Gordon too, who actually looked pretty good on on Sunday uh, to be involved in that passing game as well. Uh, Denver, boy, it's it's going to be fun to watch them to see what happens uh, going with uh with the Broncos. Um, okay, so another interesting thing, and and. It, it, maybe this is fun if you're a Deontay Johnson owner. Not so much fun if you're a Juju Schuster owner. But 23 to 14 have been the target disparity between Johnson and Schuster, uh, Smith Schuster, over the last two weeks. Uh, Johnson getting nine more targets than the dude who was drafted basically as like a second-round pick in FFPC drafts this year. Is this real? I mean, are we looking at Deontay Johnson being the number one receiver here Uh, Mike, or or are you still banking on Smith-Schuster being the number one guy by the end of the season?
3: If I'm a Juju Smith-Schuster owner, I'm not really that concerned. And the the reason for that being is that Juju is still getting a healthy number of targets. Uh, You know, he got eight eight targets himself um, in the game on Sunday. He got six targets, I believe, in game one and scored twice. So I'm not I'm not really feeling any any cause for concern uh, for him going forward. I think what you are seeing is that you know Deontay Johnson is establishing himself as the clear uh, second option there, and uh, in in some games and some schemes, that's going to mean he gets more targets than Juju. But you know Juju still going still going to put up great production. I think he's I think he's going to do great, and I don't really have a lot of concerns, especially seeing how big Ben uh, looks healthy and is playing great football. And I think that's great for the entire Pittsburgh Steelers offense. And they could become a a very significant offense in fantasy. And with all of the injuries, I think people who own Steelers' uh, skill players are probably going to be pretty happy going forward if they stay healthy.
1: Yeah, I think so, too. That was one of the offenses I really hadn't made up my mind on, um, and and so I sort of avoided it in a lot of leagues. I do have some Deontay Johnson. I think I have one Smith-Schuster share, um, but I didn't know, and and so I kind of stayed away, and anybody who did invest in the Steelers are certainly being rewarded right now, and it looks like they'll continue to be rewarded as long as uh, Roethlisberger stays healthy for the remainder of the season. So this is sort of the same question I have for you, Mike, but I'm going to shift it over to Atlanta. Calvin Ridley has been awesome the first two weeks. Julio Jones – not so awesome. And uh, I, I think it, um, we heard yesterday that uh, Dan Quinn said that I think it was Dan Quinn said that maybe his hamstring injury is a little bit more serious than he thought or that he you know, informed uh, the media about. So obviously you have to have some concern there if you're a Jones owner. But who's going to be the number one receiver in Atlanta this year? Is it going to be Ridley or are you still putting your money on
3: Jones? So Calvin Ridley is someone who I definitely bought into um, leading up to the season and targeted in drafts, um, have several shares of, and I I do have uh, great expectations for him to um, at least be the 1A um, or or the 1B to Julio Jones' 1A. Uh, I, I think Julio is a little banged up. I'm not ready to cut bait on Julio Jones by any stretch of the imagination. Um, I, you know, I think rumors of his fantasy death are greatly exaggerated. Um, I I think that once, once he heals up, um, this is another dynamic offense and they're going three deep with 12 targets as Russell Cage is even getting huge targets there. And now they've got Hayden Hurst as well. So uh, I'm not really that worried about Julio Jones. Once, once he gets better physically, I think he's, he's someone who, um you may have some hesitation about early on but as we go deeper into the season if he gets healthy he will become the Julio Jones you've come to know and love and I, I i wouldn't worry about it too much i do think Ridley if he stays healthy will probably out outproduce him though for the season
1: it's weird it's because that offense right now is is humming along because the defense is is not really that great and um obviously it's been great for Jones and Hurst and Ridley a guy he, it hasn't really been great for has been Todd Gurley. And, and Mike, I don't know if you, if you targeted Todd Gurley or how many teams you have with Todd Gurley on it, but how concerned are you that, that Atlanta's putting up these big numbers, uh, You know, and obviously the, uh, you know, the passing game leads the way there, but how concerned are you that Todd Gurley really hasn't been that involved in the passing game and hasn't looked like Todd Gurley, capital letters Todd Gurley, uh, on the ground so
3: far? I think most people were kind of expecting that, Eric. Uh, I, I didn't see Todd Gurley flying off in in the second round of, of, of drafts uh, in the FFPC. I saw him more um, going in the middle third, even to the mid-fourths uh, sometimes. Uh, so I, I don't have a lot invested in Gurley. I have a couple of shares, but um, mostly because I just felt like running back depth was very uh, suspect in the third and fourth rounds, even somewhat in the fifth of fantasy drafts. Um, So, you know, Gurley was probably um, someone who a lot of people wound up with who maybe aren't thrilled with. And I think that's probably what you're going to get is sort of middling production from him, RB2 kind of production. Um, I don't don't see him becoming a huge um, RB1 in the way he has been in the past.
1: Um, we, we, we have two weeks now of information, Mike, on, on the Rams backfield committee with Malcolm Brown, Cam Akers, and, uh, Daryl Henderson. Now we know Akers is, is beat up. He's got the rib injury. Um, Malcolm Brown had the finger thing that the, the pinky thing, but it sounds like he's going to be good to go for week three. Daryl Henderson may, maybe had his best game as a pro in week two as well. Who do you like best there going forward?
3: and, And how do you sort of handle it? If, if you own a piece of that backfield. Yeah, this is a this is another backfield that I, I sort of stayed away from in drafts. Um, Cam Akers was just going too early for my taste, and I, I, I he hasn't gotten off to an electrifying start. Now he's banged up. I think it's a rib cartilage issue that can be very painful. Um, so um, he could have some limitation going forward. Uh, Malcolm Brown, you know, he does have the finger issue. Issue. I think Malcolm Brown is Malcolm Brown. I mean, he's okay. I mean, there's a reason why, uh, even when he was named the starter, he was still going in, you know, 17th, 18th round of FFBC drafts. So um, the guy, um, if I had to pick one, I'd target would be Daryl Henderson. I thought he looked great against the Eagles on Sunday. Um, You know, maybe this is finally his chance to emerge uh, after a lot of uh, draft capital was spent on him relatively early last year. Um, and he did nothing with it. This year, he, he dropped probably into the 10 to 12 round range, and uh, maybe he's going to really produce for some teams that took a chance on him in that, you know, in that draft area. Um, so I would probably bet on him, but it's not a situation that uh, I, I think is going to be a league-winning one for, for anyone going forward.
1: Um, we have, uh, by the time people hear this, Mike, uh, this podcast, uh, the waivers will have been processed in, in all FFPC main event and football guys, players, championship leagues, everything will have been processed on Wednesday night. This podcast obviously comes out Thursday morning. I just want to kind of pick your brain, a couple of your high priority waiver, wire targets this week, I know there's some obvious ones, maybe some not so obvious ones who, who are a couple of guys that you can give us
3: today. So believe it or not, um, Daryl Henderson is available in a couple of uh, FFPC leagues. Uh, so I would I would for sure target someone like him. I think Devonta Freeman will get some interest. Um, he's out there in a few leagues as well, um, especially if he signs somewhere. Obviously, uh, Mike Davis is going to be targeted. Wayne Gallman will probably be targeted. Um, you know, Dion Lewis will be targeted. Uh, you know, the question being how much you're going to be willing to invest in those. Players, uh, Mike Davis, um, McCaff is not out for the year. Um, Dion Lewis and Wayne Gallman, Barkley is out for the year, but how much are you going to invest um, in a Giants backfield that maybe um, just isn't going to get much going? Um, uh, the Tight end is an interesting one this week. I, I think there are you know, four players uh, I, I would be targeting. Uh, we've talked about two of, the, two of them in uh, Dalton Schultz and Drew Sample. Uh, Jordan Reed sure looked great, and if he stays healthy, I like him uh, to make an impact in that Niners offense. Uh, he's available in a bunch of leagues. And how about Mo Alley Cox? Um, you know, Jack Doyle went down with you know with an injury, and Mo Ali Cox came in and turned six targets into over a hundred yards uh, receiving. That's got to be something that's opening the eyes of a few of us uh, as we're putting in our waiver bids. Um, and there are a couple of couple of Bengals out there that I think um, you know, definitely get into the mix. And I think if you're looking for a quarterback and if he's available, Joe Burrow, I would obviously be targeting. But T. Higgins uh, is someone who um, was drafted a bunch, but I think dropped a bunch uh, after week one. He, I thought he sure looked like he could emerge as someone who could be a factor down the road. And I think with waivers, I, I, I think you you shouldn't only be looking at filling your lineup this week. Um, You should be looking at, well, who's going to help me qualify for the playoffs and maybe be, maybe emerge at the right time as, um, as we're heading into the, you know, you know, the the big main event competition at the end of the season.
1: Yeah. I, I, you know, you bring up Higgins and, and he just looks like, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily think he's going to be a world beater this year, but he has the look of, man, this guy could be an alpha for them and Joe Burrow down the road uh, starting in 2021 because he he flashed a lot in that Thursday night game uh, against Cleveland. I, I really like him going forward as well. Mike, you've been incredibly gracious with your time here, and I really appreciate it. One last question before I let you go and enjoy the rest of your week. Um, a sleeper that you can give us that needs to be in high stakes lineups for this week. I know you've dropped a couple of nuggets regarding that already in this podcast. And then as well as a guy you think, um, that a lot of people will start, but is more likely to bust out and, and disappoint
3: owners in week three. I think if I, if I had to narrow it down to one player for this upcoming week, it would be Jarek McKinnon, um, you know, you've got Raheem Mostart uh, is going to probably miss this game. And then Tevin Coleman is also going to miss a few games for the Niners. I thought Jarek McKinnon looked great. Uh, I, I don't really have any shares of McKinnon, unfortunately. But boy, I sure wish I did now. And I especially <laughs> wish so uh, this week. Um, I've seen a couple of top 10 grades on him for running backs for, for, the, season, for the for the week. So if I had to bet on one sleeper this week, um, it would be Jarek McKinnon of the of the 49ers. Um, as far as a bust, um, two, two players come to mind. I wouldn't characterize either of them as a true bust, but maybe someone who you need to temper your expectations. And these are both you know, massive talents. Um, Patrick Mahomes um, on Monday Night Football going into... Baltimore against the Ravens. I don't know if it's just me, but the Chiefs' offense hasn't looked smooth. Um, they didn't look great on the opening night game, and they sure didn't look great against the Chargers on Sunday. Uh, they didn't look like world beaters. And I think Mahomes uh, at Baltimore, that matchup is concerning, and he may not put up the uh, the points that uh, you know that that you would expect. Um, I also think Nick Chubb this week who is someone who I am heavily invested in doesn't have the greatest matchup boy that Washington football team defensive line sure looks pretty imposing and I wouldn't want to run into it uh I think Nick Chubb although he uh he really had a great game on the Thursday night game this past week I think he could run into some trouble um uh against Washington this week
1: yeah it's it's gonna be a fun week at, you know we're we're still trying to you know, best the best way to um, deploy the information we have, I, I think, begins this week. And uh, obviously, with a lot of new players in lineups because of injuries and whatnot, it, it's going to make for a very fun, very fascinating week three, a lot of action going on. Mike, best of luck to you in all your lineups in week three and then in all your leagues uh, the rest of the way, man. Thanks so much for, for joining me on the show again this week.
3: No problem, Eric. Thanks so much. I hope you guys all stay healthy and safe out there. Thank you, Mike. You too all right take care now i
1: will uh, send you a uh I, I, all right i'll send you a link to this on thursday morning when it gets posted that sounds perfect all right thanks man enjoy your
3: day all right buddy you too take care now. you Bye-bye. too bye
1: Thank you for listening to the High Stakes Lowdown, a roto podcast brought to you by the Fantasy Football Players Championship. And thanks to Grapes for our theme music. Please review the podcast on iTunes under the roto radio feed. It helps us find new listeners. Contact us via email rotovizradio at gmail.com. We'd love to hear what you think. And follow us on Twitter at roto radio. And remember, you can always support the show by subscribing to roto at a 30% discount through the NFL podcast homepage